There's been a lot of IPOs. There's been a lot of SPACs. Some of them look like they're attached maybe to just a big run of new listings as markets been sitting near highs. But one that debuted today seems maybe timed a little bit differently. That is the beginning of Rover. The dog-sitting business is the biggest in the world. Ticker ROVR, CEO and co-founder, is joining us this afternoon. Aaron Easterly is here with us. Aaron, thanks for being here. It seems like pretty good timing as people are going back to work. Well, thank you. Yeah, the, the pandemic has definitely uh, created an interesting opportunity for us as uh, there's uh, an increase in pet adoptions and people are looking to travel again and some people are going back to work. So what are you guys doing right now, Aaron, and how much uh, business did you get over the last year? I'm guessing it was a weird situation because there's more people with pets, but then they're not going anywhere. So what happened? <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, 2020 was a very hard year for us. Our business is mostly centered around two use cases. Uh, what do I do with my pet when I'm traveling out of town? And what do I do with my pet when I go into work? So in the pandemic, uh, very few people were traveling and most people were working from home. And uh, our business uh, plummeted quite a bit. We weren't uh, hit as bad as the travel bellwethers, but we took a hit, made some tough choices. But coming out of it, we actually looked around and said, wow, this is an amazing opportunity. The annual growth rate in pet adoptions quadrupled. Uh, we gained a material amount of market share hmm. um, and people are gonna be traveling again and there may be even pent up travel demand. Uh, so we want to be appropriately capitalized and indeed uh, we set records for our business um, already in June. Aaron, during the, that rough year, did your private valuation go down at all? Did you change? Can you walk us through kind of your company worth and how it's fluctuated over the last year coming into this deal? Well, we, we actually um, laid off either temporarily or on a permanent basis uh, close to half of the company, which was heartbreaking. Mm, wow. um, our employees didn't deserve that. Uh, I am sure a private valuation would have gone down, uh, but typically those are attached to fundraisers. Yeah. And we didn't fundraise during the pandemic. So if we had, it probably would have gone down. I think our 409A did go down. Um, but in terms of uh, uh, official valuation for our preferred shares, uh, we don't know. Okay. All right. So now that you have uh, this influx of capital uh, through the SPAC deal and now as a public company, what do you want to do with it? Are, are there, is there a need for employees to hire back or are you going to be operating on the same uh, number of uh, employees after the cuts? Uh, is that just going to work with the way people have demand again? We definitely think uh, that we will get some scale benefits and don't need to kind of uh, hire back in quite the same way, but we have hired back quite a bit. Okay. Um, we're setting records for customer acquisitions, records for sales um, throughout Q uh, Q2 uh, in both uh, May and June. And, and so we wanted to be appropriately staffed to deal with that increase uh, customer service and support needs. Um, we also want to normalize our marketing spend. Um, one of the nice things about Rover is over 95% of our reviewed stays are five stars. Um, word of mouth is one of our biggest, if not our biggest customer acquisition sources. Um, but we do want to be able to um, invest more in customer acquisition as well, including in our international um, geographies, which we think there's a great yeah. opportunity for. 
I mean, gross bookings value $56.6 million in June, a record for a highest single month. Uh, so clearly the business is coming back. Aaron, can you give me some uh, details on the workforce again? How much of, of the layoffs have you brought back, and do you foresee yourself getting back to the same level you did pre-COVID? Um, eventually, yes, uh, but not immediately. Okay. Um, we're back over 300 employees after going down to kind of in the low to mid twos. Um, and so we will uh, eventually get back to 500 or so uh, or, or more, depending upon how the rest of our expansion plans go. Okay. Um, but we there's a lot of leverage to our business. Um, our gross margins are high. Um, there's a lot of leverage, and but we want to invest appropriately in future opportunities. Now, the expansion, as you mentioned, a lot of new pet owners, so your reach has gone up. Do you know what the post-COVID margin will be? Are you using models from the five-day work week that existed? How do you know what the work week looks like? How do you model out those margins? If we don't really know yet the average time someone's going to spend in the office. Yeah, it turns out that the vast majority of our business is centered around the vacation use okay. case. So we do do dog walking, um, but uh, you know, 65 to 70% of the business is uh, centered around vacation. Um, I think one thing the pandemic showed is that uh, the unconditional love of pets um, help people get through tough times. And if you're stuck in your home all the day, you are dying to leave it. Yeah. And um, so while the ups and downs of the pandemics may be not perfectly predictable, I think over the long term, people's emotional relationship with their animals are uh, will be as strong as ever and people will want to go on vacation. Um, and so if people go into work a few days less per week or a few days more, that's just fine for our business. My suspicion is the more people work from home, they're gonna, the more they're going to want to leave their house and go on vacation. Uh, which will benefit us. Uh, but if they go back to work in mass five days a week, that will benefit us too. Um, so we think we're positioned uh, well either way. Uh, one thing, Aaron, uh, to kind of uh, circle back into the costs again, right now we've seen a little bit of wage pressure start to work its way into the market. There's been a lot of uh, worker ability the last uh, year to demand higher salaries. We've seen salaries moving up and, and big uh, chain restaurants, uh, big uh, stores. What about the uh, the business of dog walking, pet sitting, a rate that I believe is for the most part determined by the worker? Will there be any minimum set at Rover for what someone can make per hour? Yeah, well, I'd say um, our workers have always controlled the price. Um, we're not an Uber, we're not a DoorDash, uh, we're not setting yep. prices, we don't assign workers. Um, people actually define um, exactly what they're looking for and who they want to use. Um, our dog owners or our cat owners choose their service providers. Um, so uh, the wage issues and the pricing stuff is something that people have always controlled. There's no difference there. Uh, we have seen an upward drift in price in most of our major metropolitan areas as the cost of living goes up. Um, that's expected. Um, we expect that to continue to happen and people control. So to the degree that people feel like, you know, I think I need to be making more um, per night of pet care, per dog walk, um, they absolutely have that in their power. And if they get the price uh, too high, then maybe people will choose another provider. Okay. Aaron, really appreciate the details. Congratulations. Uh, I was a Rover user way back in the day when I lived in New York. So uh, it's cool to see the product now as a stock we can talk about. Congratulations. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you very much. And thanks for the time. Absolutely. Aaron Easterly is the CEO and co-founder at Rover Group. ROVR is the ticker.